With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's uh, pretty hot here in Cape Town. 35 degrees Celsius at the moment. It was 37 earlier. I have a couple fans running here in my in my studio. No aircon. We have rolling blackouts and backup power is not very compatible with uh, with air conditioners. So if I if I start gradually sweating throughout the course of this <laughs> this show, please forgive me. Uh, I also have lights shining on me, so it is pretty pretty damn warm right now. Uh, send me an email, Jim Warfare at. Uh, tntradio.live jump into the live chat as always and if you are watching it's a great pleasure to have you if you don't know where to watch or listen go on to tnt's website all the links are there all right uh let's uh, let's jump into my conversation thanks alex my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's news talk radio tnt all right, round two, Max Egan. Thank you for joining me in the trenches. <laughs> no, nice to be here, brother. I made it this time. <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, we've been you, having the same running... issues. We've been having yeah, the same issues. Roving power blackouts and just all sorts of crap since the hurricane. So, yeah. But at least you've got an actual reason. You, you had, you know, weather problems. We we just, I think, have <laughs> World Economic Forum problems. Yeah, well, yeah. But anyway, it's good to be here, brother. It is. Um, so I wanted to tell you last week, the reason why I've invited you on, because I want to talk a little bit about censorship and what the hell is going on. Uh, we don't have to go into a full conversation about the Christchurch thing, but uh, the context is precisely that. It was the recording that you and I did about a year ago uh, we 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 chatted about the the massacre. I think it was in 2019, and you showed some footage, and you basically showed how it wasn't a one man show. You know, there wasn't this this lone gunman. That is the official story. And then about two or three weeks ago, I received um, a takedown notice from the Kiwi government, an official an official document, three pages, uh, emailed to me from the Department of Internal Affairs or whatever. Um, and it and it says that <laughs> it says that there is objectionable. Listen, that's the word they use: objectionable um, footage, and it's against the law uh, to 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 show it. And therefore, it, I must I must remove it. And I'm not allowed to keep a copy of it unless I ask uh, the New Zealand government for permission. <laughs> uh, obviously, I am not going to uh, listen to them. I'm not going to comply. And People from within New Zealand are telling me that they can no longer access my podcast without perhaps a VPN or something. And Twitter, or X, whatever it's called, has blocked outgoing links to the podcast, the conversation that you and I had. What on earth is going on, Max? Well, that shows that the New Zealand government did the shooting themselves. I mean, it shows that everything they told you was a complete scam. I said when uh, when we did that podcast, and before then, I've said this this blows the lid off the whole thing. This this video 
has the ability to to completely remove the New Zealand government and expose the world media for what they are. They're just liars. I mean, it's blatantly obvious on the video. It's not even debatable. It's not even a debatable mm. point. You can't even, even you know, argue the points that I made on that video. There's extra players there that are visible in the film. I mean, it just shows that this was a setup. And when it happened, I said it's going to lead to mass censorship. We're going to get all removed from our platforms, and we did. Three months later, all got removed from YouTube and kicked off Facebook and all of these other mainstream platforms. And it just shows that everything we've been saying about it is completely true. It, it catches them yeah. with their hands completely in the cookie jar. And it'll cause other people to look at other similar events and see, well, who's behind these exactly. and how are they done? And uh, we've been told the truth about all this stuff. Because you know, whenever there's one of these major shooting events, it always leads to more power for the government. You notice that with the shooters, the shooters have got a problem with the government, so they go and shoot up a school or something, shoot up a whole bunch of civilians. They never go and attack the government. They do everything that the government needs to give the government more power, you know. So it becomes pretty obvious that a lot of these events are staged, and that became blatantly obvious with New Zealand. Now the Christchurch yeah. shooting was was so badly run that uh, of course they they banned the video within a day, and uh, they've been running around like chickens with their heads cut off since then, trying to repress all copies of it and all information about it. And it just shows that the, the world is run by a criminal empire and they're moving us towards this complete control, complete lockdown of everything under the guise of protecting us. And it's all exposed by that, that, New, Zealand gov- uh, that New Zealand shooters video. Yeah, okay. So for, for those who perhaps have forgotten or can't remember, would you mind just giving me a quick rundown? Well, you've got, um, as the guy comes to the mosque, you've got actually all these markers along the way. There's, there's a few videos I did about it which shows basically this was either MK Ultra, Tavistock, something like that. This guy was under mind control. He was running via uh, visual and audio cues. You can see them all during his drive to the mosque. You can see all the marked cars, all the color coding along the way. He's got a soundtrack. He's got a little Bluetooth speaker on his chest with a soundtrack running. And then when he gets to the mosque, there's all of these markers and all these things that happen along the way. During his shooting at the mosque, there's three times he runs from the building to catch people who are exiting from places that are outside of his line of sight, indicating someone told him that people were escaping. Like He literally drops what he's doing and runs to these areas and, and shoots these people just as they're escaping. It shows that it's uh, someone had to be telling him. Halfway through the video, a really significant part is that there's a car parked out the front of the mosque a silver Toyota Will VS registration FQH875, which is parked at the front of the mosque, that drives away halfway through the shooting. While they are both in full view of each other, the, the, the car and the shooter are both in full view of each other, it drives away. Turns out that that mosque, I mean, that car was actually owned by one of the owners of the mosque. He's a guy who uh, claimed that he was trapped in the corner and the doors were locked and he couldn't get out, blah, blah, blah. But here we see him driving away halfway through. And then about uh, maybe eight months or a year after that, we actually located where that guy's home is. And I showed that on a new video as well and showed where his, his car parked at the front of the mosque. The car was literally parked at the front of this guy's house on Google Earth. You can go to Google Earth and there's the silver Toyota Will VS parked at the front of this guy's house. I released a video exposing all that and they moved out of that house the next day. That house was vacated. So there's a lot on there that shows that this was an inside job. The the, um, police were involved. That same car is waved through a police roadblock later that day when you see some of the the footage they're using to show you what's going on, the news footage of police cars and things. You just happen to see that that silver Toyota be waved through a police roadblock. It shows that they're all involved. They're all working together. 
And it all, of course, happened while there was a, a military exercise happening in town as, as normal, you know, to cover up the fact that there's people running around in military uniforms and things. And it's very obviously staged, so obviously staged. And um, we exposed all that. And uh, that, that's what's caused so much drama. And that's why they've asked you to take it down. You know, they say it's because it's, it shows a violent incident of a terrorist. I mean, you see more violent shit in a video game or in a movie than you do on this, this uh, shooter's video. I mean, admittedly, they're real people on the shooter's video and they're actors in the movies. But as far as violence is concerned, it, there's not really a lot of what you would term blood and gore and violence on the New Zealand shooter's video not compared to movies or games, like I said. So that's obviously not the reason. The reason is that it blows the official narrative clean out of the water. It, it exposes them as, as just, you know, a fabrication, a bunch of lies. So, of course, they're concerned about it. There's a lot, lot more people looking at these things now because the condition of the world now has deteriorated greatly since that shooting. I mean, the, the loss of rights, the terrorism, the wars, everything they're staging at the moment, they're just hitting us from all angles, trying to keep everybody as distracted as possible. And now uh, that video is a, is a key element of the whole thing. Mm. What what would be the purpose, though, of this particular incident? Well, it was to bring about blanket censorship was, was one of the main reasons for it, to bring about the blanket censorship, to remove the, the guns from the people of New Zealand, of course. There's a lot of talk that a lot of these so-called elites, the cacastrocracy, have actually bought land on New Zealand, mm. so they, they don't want the people there sort of being able to rise up against them. But mainly it was about censorship. I mean, the, the censorship laws that came in off Christchurch were the same laws that enabled Twitter to be able to ban Donald Trump from, from Twitter. You know, I mean, this is the U.S. president. They're banning him from Twitter. And whether you like Trump or not, it's, it's the point that it's the U.S. president and they actually were able to ban him because they didn't like what he was saying. And this was all riding off the back of, of Christchurch. It also shows that, like, for them to be able to do that, like... The world is run by corporations. You've got these big corporate entities like 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 Twitter and like Facebook and all these places, which are supposed to be private companies. And yet here you have a, a little podunk country in the southern hemisphere, New Zealand, tiny little place, you know. And and suddenly laws are coming in that place, and censorship laws are coming in that place are applied to corporations, which which go right around the world. So suddenly you see Facebook and Twitter being able to ban people because of guidelines that were put forth by the New Zealand shooting. You know, and this went right around the world, like I say, you know, all countries kind of adhered to this. It created a, a new level of censorship, a, a new marker point, if you will. And uh, that, that's what they've used, and that's why it was so significant. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an ongoing thing, brother. We're still getting censorship from New Zealand. We're still getting this uh, rippling mm -hmm. out around the place. Of course, Jacinda Ardern got greatly promoted for it. I think now she's working for the UN or the World Economic Forum or someone, she's over there as an advisor for some ridiculous globalist organization. So you know, they all get rewarded for what they've done. But it was a hugely significant event and it affected all countries, which was uh, remarkable. Well, there's actually a meta conversation happening here also, because once you realize that, that there wasn't a lone gunman, there wasn't one individual involved, it suddenly makes you question all other uh, so-called mm. quote-unquote mass shootings and mm. the moment you start thinking about it you realize well hang on a second I mean for example let's do the most famous one JFK for years decades the claim has been that there was one guy with a magic bullet I mean it's 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 patently absurd that 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 you can still mm. think that but that's the official story mm. yeah and they haven't changed that they'll still tell you it was Lee Harvey Oswald 
even mm. though we've, even the movie JFK came out, it was uh, Oliver Stone, JFK. Great movie, you know, and um, it, even though there's so much evidence that it wasn't all ongoing, yeah, they still push it. But, yeah, it does. I mean, that's what New Zealand does because it's also obvious on the New Zealand video if you've really got the eyes to see and you don't go in, fall into all the smoke screens, all the stuff people say, oh, it's CGI, it's all fake, it's actors, it's all. They want you arguing about all this stuff and not looking at what's going on in your peripheral vision around them. Mm. You know, get arguing over shell casings and arguing over where there was enough blood and arguing over whether there was, you know, plaster flying off the walls or whatever, arguing whether they were real, real bullets or whether they were dummies or whether they were crisis actors or whatever. Yeah, you know, some of these things are fake. Some some shootings they have are fake, but not all of them. And the point is with New Zealand, it doesn't matter about any of that with New Zealand. There's no point even arguing over those those points because all the evidence you need to blow the official narrative out the window is right there on the video because the official narrative is a lone gunman. And if it's a lone gunman, well, who's all these people? Who's this guy in red running around? Who's these people in the car leaving halfway through? Who's giving him instructions to run outside the mall and shoot the people that are escaping? It just really makes you think. And again, like you say, you start looking at other uh, mass shootings and think, well, how, how did this happen? How? What else are we not looking at here? What was the official line telling us and what is the real story? You know, and... and some of them, like I said, are so obviously fake. I think they stage some of them and make them, like, obviously fake. So then people are going to say, well, they're all fake. And you, they're going to get you in arguing over that narrative rather than looking at the bigger picture. Like, with all these events, whether it's real or fake, what you've got to look at is how is the event going to be used? What is the legislation they're going to bring in? How is this going to be used to reshape my life because this event happened, you know? And that's what all of them need to be looked at. I mean, there's, there's a big effort to remove the guns from the people, you know, because you know, the government doesn't like you having guns, of course. They want to have all the guns. And that's like like I say, I mean, you've, you've got to look at the legislation. What's going to come off the back of all these shootings? What are they really being performed for? And if you were angry with the government and you were pissed off with the whole system, would you go in and shoot up civilians and schools and people that have got nothing whatsoever to do with it or would you direct your attention towards the politicians and the government? You know, and that's I think, think it's very significant that the attention's never directed towards those people. It's always towards civilians. It's always directed to a place which will give the government more power. So who do you think is carrying out the shootings? You know? Mm. There's a comment here from Justin. He says Martin Bryant is not capable of so much harm. My family gave up a twelve gauge pump action and a and a twelve gauge uh, well, a twelve barrel for this nonsense. I mean, exactly. It's a, that's your point. Mm, yeah, well, Martin Bryan had nothing to do with uh, with the shooting in uh, in Port Arthur. He, he wasn't mentally competent enough to do it. He didn't have the shooter's skills to do it. When you start really looking into that shooting as well, you see that was a remarkable marksman that did the shooting at Port Arthur. Even the point where there was a woman coming at him in a car, he put three shots into that car to kill that woman, all standard military tactics. He put one shot in there which went into the car, and, and hit the, the the wall behind the driver. Then he put the next shot into the window, into the engine block, and the next shot into the into the driver. This is standard military assault practices to be able to do, and it takes quite a good marksman to be able to do that with a moving vehicle as well. Uh, a lot of stuff with the uh, with the Port Arthur shooting. He never confessed. He he uh, he had a mental capacity of like about a, a nine or twelve year old or something like that. Uh, he never confessed to the shooting. It wasn't until they got a new lawyer in who was actually guy who was working as a prosecutor before that and who was also uh, on charges of corruption and all sorts of stuff. I think he's dead now um, to, to cover up all this. And then Martin Bryan had to confess. They said, if you don't confess, 
you'll never see your parents again. And they made him confess. It took look, months before he confessed. And they never got to see his parents again anyway. They just looked to be in solitary. But um, he, he didn't do that shooting. There's no way that shooting was done uh, to disarm the Australian people. Even when you start tracing the weapons, the weapon that he used was confiscated by Victorian police uh, a year before. How it found its way into his hands in Tasmania is another question. You've got you to look at this. How does this sort of stuff happen, you know? Are the police really that incompetent? Did they confiscate guns in Victoria? And then suddenly they're shipped to, uh, across the ocean to another state and, and found in the hands of a so-called terrorist. I mean, it, there's so much wrong with that case, and that was what was used to disarm Australia. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's all part and parcel to the same thing, brother, and these same uh, politicians and criminals are running the place in, in whatever country you're, you're from. I've often said you've got to look at the world as one criminal cabal. It's not really a system of governments that are competing with each other. It's one world government which is all working together to play the people and the nations off against each other to create this scenario where we believe we need governments to lock us down tighter and tighter to protect us from the other governments, of course, who are all doing the same yeah. thing. It's remarkable. Max Egan, don't go anywhere. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Germ. This is TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid and... We would say that this is probably, in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. I said, could she die? And the doctor said she could. It was so scary. When I started clawing at my neck and trying to breathe and I thought, you know, what are we going to do if I die here? (laughs) How's everyone going to go on? When someone's gravely sick or injured in the bush, they rely on the Royal Flying Doctor service. But now the Flying Doctor needs your help to fund vital medical equipment and supplies. Please search Flying Doctor online to give a regular gift of just $10. You can help equip the Flying Doctor's teams to respond to any emergency anywhere. Search Flying Doctor online. Become a part of the Royal Flying Doctor service and help save lives in the bush. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The thing with these mass shootings, Max, as you pointed out, is that they almost always lead to tighter gun laws. Now, you don't have to like guns or want to own one, but you really should be taking a stand against these sorts of legislation, surely. I mean, people need to say no to this. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a particularly, you know, I mean, shooting's fun, but I'm not really part of a gun culture or anything. I prefer mm. we didn't have any at all. But if the government has them, well, we need them. You know, that's the whole point mm. of the thing, you know. 
Um, you you can't have sort of weapons like this in the hands of of just one group of people. You end up in a situation like we've got in Israel and Palestine at the moment. You know, yes. we've got this huge army against a civilian population. Now, if you want to ban guns, ban guns for everybody. Just just get rid of all of them. You can't have you know, the government having guns and nobody else having guns. It doesn't work that way because you can't trust these people. I mean, look at their track record. It's the whole thing with this whole globalist situation they want to move the world into. They say they want one world government and a one world army. Well, if it's a one world government and a one world army and it's all one world, what, what do you need an army for? Who's the army fighting against? Where's the other army? You know, if it's all one world system and it's all one army, who's the wars against? The wars are against the people. So, of course, the people need to be armed. The people really need to look at what their politicians are doing. Are these people really serving us? Or are they serving their own globalist agenda, moving towards more and more control? You know, so that everybody is homogenized right around the world. Every, even the races are homogenized. Mixed all the races together so we end up with one coffee-colored race of subordinate people who are all completely unarmed, who all do what we, the oligarchs, say. That's what they want, you know, and we've got all the weapons. If you don't like it, well, we will come for you. But you can't fight back against us. You've simply got to do what you're told. That's what this whole system's about. It's about control. You know, when they say politicians, you know, um, politicians, they say corruption. Uh, was the term power corrupts and absolute power corrupts? Absolutely. I would disagree with that. I would say that power attracts those that are easily corruptible. You know, people who are not easily corruptible don't want the job to begin with. I mean, it's what people have said to me, you should be the president, Max, you know, and I'm like, I don't want the gig. No way do I want to be the president. No way do I want to, want to be the prime minister. I don't want to be in control of anybody else's life. You know, if you even get in that position where you want to be in control, there's a problem. No one who really wants the job is suitable for the job. That's what you've got to look at and looking at all this stuff. And you get them in there and they just say, oh, we've got to do this to protect the people. No, it's really to protect their own interests. And they're all compromised as well. I mean, you look at Epstein Island and, and what's going on with all that. The whole, you know, arresting of Jelaine Maxwell and then, you know, whatever happened to uh, Epstein and all this sort of stuff. The, the question is, it isn't a matter of the fact that they were trial, child trafficking. It's a matter of who were they trafficking the children to? Who did they catch on video because all of these people are, are compromised? That's what they do. And you know, politicians come in there. You'll notice that people... Got good people with good ideas will get into into government, and then within a week of being elected, they've they've completely backflipped. They're more stonewalling people and saying the same things that the politicians say all the time. Because once they get in there, they take them out to a bit of a party, and before they know it, they're with an underage girl or an underage boy or whatever, and they get them on the video, and then they've got them compromised. And from that point, they do what they're told. That's what we need to know about all that Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell stuff, and that is what the system is that is running all worldwide politicians. If people come to the United States for a meeting or whatever, they end up in some some house that Epstein runs with, with some underage person, and that's the way it goes, you know? And and that's what we're dealing with in the whole world. So they're all compromised. All these people in positions of power are compromised. We've got to understand this. And we don't want to be giving up our arms, even if we are not someone who, who likes guns like me, you know? Still, I need to have the means to defend myself against those people if they come for me. You know, and just the fact that they're wearing uniforms and whatever, and they've got little government insignias on them, it doesn't matter. It's the same as, as it's been through, through the Stalinist regime, through Pol Pot, through anywhere you want to go. You know, when the government and the military have done terrible things about their to their people, the people have let them do it because, oh, well, he's wearing a uniform. It must be lawful, you know. So it's pretty crazy the way we are 
kept in this slavery system and the way we're enslaved to the written word and laws and things we think are laws, you know, when really, as I've said before, there's only really one law, do no harm. That's the law. And all the legislation does is cause you harm. So why do we go along with this stuff? You know, we do it generally because we're scared. And, you know, arms work as a deterrent. I mean, some of the, the most um, uh, peaceful places in the United States are places where people are, are mostly armed. Same in Europe. I think it's Switzerland or Sweden, where everybody is required to have arms in their house. And there's virtually no crime in that country. You know, no one's going to break into your house if they know you've got weapons. No one's going to attack you if they know you can defend yourself. So, you know, they work as a deterrent. And um, that's why they should never be uh, outlawed unless they're outlawed for everybody. And I can't see that happening. How do you say no, though? I mean, when the when the state wants to clam down on arms, how do you resist? Well, the people just um, should resist. I mean, just say no. What, what can they do if they say we're going to come and take you? And, and it's a weird thing. I mean, people people say they, they don't uh, want people armed because they don't support gun violence. So, therefore, we should all be disarmed. Well, how, how are you going to disarm the people? Well, we're going to send guys around with guns to take your guns from you. So people who say they, they want you disarmed because they don't support gun violence actually do support gun violence as long as it's coming from the government. It, it doesn't make sense at all, you know. So you've just got to rally the people and say no and, and ask for, for <clears throat> reasons why they would be taking the arms. Ask what you have done as a peaceful person, why they would need to take your weapons from you. You know, of course, it's, it's very difficult if you don't have the whole community standing with you I mean, in Australia, everyone just kind of gave them all up. It was way back in the 90s, and, and people were very naive. It was the worst mass shooting in the world at the time. And uh, we just said, oh, the, the Australian people are going, oh, yeah, well, we, we don't want to end up like America with gun violence everywhere. People were still pretty much asleep back in the 90s when looking at this, when all this happened. We've had a lot happen since then, like since the September 11 attacks happened in 2001. The awakening has been exponential, you know, around the world in the last 20 years. But before that time, everyone just sort of believed what the paper was telling them, believed what the government told them, and they just complied. I think they very much regret it now, but uh, what do you do? I mean, now I think it would not be as easy for them to do, especially in places like the United States, because every every state is, is independent of, of the other. I mean, the United States, each state in America actually has... The, the ability to secede if they want to. They could leave the United States if they want to, start their own little country, put it in their own laws, do whatever they want. That's really the way it should be. And in that situation, it's very, very difficult to disarm people. So what they've done in the United States is they've created a, a situation of tension on the ground, the migrant crisis, smashing up stores, all the food chains breaking down, all the so many food processing plants have been destroyed. You've got train derailments. You've got so much stuff there to distract the people and create chaos and confusion on the ground, that's really the only way they're going to get away with it in the United States, create a disastrous situation whereby the police have to come in. They have to remove the arms because of looters and whatever. And if you don't want to remove your arms, well, you must be a looter and we'll have the media spinning the story. And, you know, this is the sort of stuff. I mean, you get in the United States, there's a good chance the United States, if they try to do it, it'll, it'll uh, devolve into civil war. In, uh, mm -hmm. in certain places, like in Texas and stuff, they're not going to give up their guns no matter what you do to them. They will fight to the death. So um, that's but that's think, really I mean, the situation that we're in, brother. It's getting to that point. Where yeah, comply or you fight to the death. You know. I think one of the one of the, fun, the the foundational issues, Max, is is fear. 
And, and that's mm. a result of excellent propaganda campaigning. People fear guns, so therefore they're happy for the guns to be taken away. But a gun is just a tool. If it's lying on a desk, it can't do anything like a knife. Uh, if, if, people want to, if people want to kill other people, they're going to find a way. It doesn't have to mm. be with a gun. Yeah, exactly. A gun is just is mm. simply a tool, like you say, but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy tool for them to use, and it's a very efficient tool, so they don't want that. But, yeah, I mean, um, that's the problem. That's the problem is they just create these scenarios, and, and people tend to fear the guns. People tend to fear the culture. They're not really looking at things realistically from a realistic uh, perspective, and, and seeing a gun simply as a tool like a knife or a fork or a shovel or a spade or whatever it's just something that you use when the time is right to use it and it's it's the deterrent uh factor like you know no one's going to break into your house if you if you're armed like when i was in peru we, we had uh we had shotguns and stuff at the retreat that I, I i used to live out there simply because if the people know you don't have a gun then they'll come and they'll rob you but if they know you do have a gun they'll leave you alone it's as simple as that you don't ever have to use it just the fact that they know you've got one so, okay, we won't go onto that property because they can defend themselves, you know, and, and that's that's the deterrent. That's the way it works. So you really shouldn't look at it as something to fear. You know, what is to fear is the mindset of the people. What is to fear is a, is a propaganda they're putting into people's minds and the uh, unconscionable activities of the media. Uh, the fact that your children are being taught this stuff and your neighbours are being taught this stuff, that is something to be concerned about. Not to fear, but something to be concerned about. And you can break all that down by just creating a good community around you and, and talking to people and just being the best you can be and you know, leading by example in your life. That's how to get away with that and get around to that. You know, don't be in fear of the tool. Realize that you need these things like either for hunting or for self-defense or whatever. But if the government comes for you, then you need to have a way of you know questioning that and uh, standing your ground and keeping safe. And that's what they are for, really. So... Um, yeah, people are kept in fear with everything, brother. That's what this whole society is based on. It is fear, fear-based mind control, a lot of it. But even when you're exactly right, mentate control mind. Yeah, and if, if you think mind about control. you need us to protect you, you need us to yeah. protect you from all this terrible stuff that's happening, which we're not creating, of course. <laughs> it's a joke. When you really step back and look at it, you see that this is mm. where it's all coming from: problem, reaction, solution, and Galen dialectic, all the way along the line. That's what they're doing. Max, that's exactly what happened now during the COVID era. Fear, fear, fear. Just loads mm. and loads and loads of it. And when people are fearful, they're they're malleable. Fear and shame as well. You know, it's your fault. If I'm getting sick, it's your fault because you're not wearing a mask. Now you've got the anti-vaxxers saying, you know, the anti-vaxxers are the ones who are causing me to get sick, even though I've had all the vaccines. It's because you haven't had your vaccines that I'm getting sick. I don't know how this mentality works. It's, it's crazy. Hang on, you've had the vaccine, so you're supposed to be protected. Wouldn't it be the other way around? This is like saying, we're going to go swimming, but my life jacket won't work unless you're wearing a life jacket. It's crazy, like fear and blame and, uh, you know, total segregation of society as well, dividing it into an us and them, you know, and we the compliant ones are the, are the good ones with our heart in the right spot and you you people who won't wear your masks and take your vaxxers, you just don't care about anybody and you, you should be shamed and you should be locked out of places and banned from doing this and banned from doing that. It just allows them to bring in more laws and things, you know, because once you, you allow them to remove the rights from someone because they didn't wear a face mask, well, you're saying it's okay to remove the rights from me if I don't comply with what you say. So it's the way of getting more and more stuff in place, brother. How 
optimistic are you? You mentioned earlier that people are, are waking up. Is that just because we're simply aware of them waking up, or do you think, <laughs> or do you think people are really waking up? <laughs> well, people people are waking up, but again, they're, they're generally waking up and they're moving into fear. They're waking up and seeing the world for what it is, but then it's freaking them out mm. and they're going into a little bubble and into a little cave. Yeah. And, and hiding themselves away. They don't know quite what to do about it, you know. You have people like me and yourself and others uh, warning them of all of this happening and, and talking about the need for them to stand up against it. But many people don't want to see it because it, it it's so confronting. It, it shows that everything I've believed in my life is wrong. And I've been living a lie for my whole life. And, and this Leviathan is so big and huge that I just want to hide away in a cave and hope that it goes away. You know, I mean, mm. the matrix is breaking down in as much as people are seeing it for what it is now. But that doesn't mean the control grid is stopping. The control grid is going ahead as it leaps and bounds as quickly as it can. You know, people are pushing back against it. But again, I don't even think they're doing that in the right way. I mean, what's going on in, in Germany? What's going on in France with the, the big farmers' protests and the tractors and yeah. things like that? Yeah. yeah. Thousands and thousands of tractors blocking off traffic and stuff. Now the, the French government is going around and arresting the farmers and confiscating their tractors. You know, what I've been saying the whole way, the best form of rebellion is non-compliance. Just say no. They tell you you to stop farming, go and keep farming. You know, and then have, have like uh, flash mobs can come. So if the police come to one farm to arrest one farmer and his tractor, suddenly you get a couple of thousand people show up and throw the police off the property. I mean, that's the sort of thing that needs to happen. It's not going to be protesting in the streets and doing all this sort of stuff. Because when you get 10,000 tractors going protest in the middle of Paris, well, they're not farming. They're, this is exactly what the government wants. They want you not farming. So you should be there farming. You know, this is what I mean. It, it's you get angry and you shake your fists and it's going to help. If I go to Parliament House and I scream and shake my fist at the politicians inside. No, it's not. What you need to do is just get on with your life, what you were doing before. And that's, that's the opportunity we've got through all this is to realize that we don't need these people dictating what we can and can't do. They work for us. We dictate what they can and cannot do. And there's enough of us to do it. When they had the poll tax and stuff in the UK, people just didn't pay. That was the end of the poll tax. So they brought in council tax and other ways around it. But, you know, that that the point is that's the way to do it, to simply not comply. You know, all these protests do it. They're great to show solidarity. Yeah, there's thousands of us. We all think the same. That's great. Well, we already know that anyway. But the way to, to, to not comply, the way, the way to protest is to not comply and to simply realise that these people cannot dictate what you can and cannot do with your life. These people are criminals. I mean, look at, look at just the fact that they're telling you that you've got to stop farming and you've got to eat bugs and all the stuff that they're doing. It was John Kerry the other day said that if we don't stop growing food, everybody's going to starve. <laughs> how does this work? How, how do people even hear that and think that that makes sense, you know? So this is this is what we've got to do. Stop stop being brainwashed and stop just listening to the lip service and get on with our lives. Be the best you can be and do what you do to the best of your ability. If you're a farmer, if you're a builder, if whatever you do, continue to do it and do it to the best of your ability. Be a shining light in your community. Be a pleasure to be around. Be the best human being you can possibly be. That's how to destroy this system. Max Egan, I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Germ. This is TNT. 
De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Hey, Australia, what is going on over there? A university professor has been fired after he called out Swedish green agenda activist Greta Thunberg on social media. Now, let me ask you a question. Why is this person seemingly immune from being criticized? She knows nothing about how the weather and climate actually operates. She's led a climate strike for I don't know how many years. That's called truancy, or it used to be called that. And yeah, if someone criticizes her, this is what goes on. In any case, in a post on X, renowned Australian human resources professor, Andrew Timming questioned the double standard of Thunberg's social media messaging. Just days before Christmas, Timming was fired from the college over a single ex-post. Timming was a faculty member at RMIT University in Australia. So I have to ask you, what is going on over there? I mean, seriously, you can't criticize someone anymore? Especially someone, I mean, wasn't her 15 minutes of fame done five years ago? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I hope folks wake up to this because we're trying to wake up a bit in the United States. I think the coming cold in Europe is going to wake them up again. I think the coming cold in the United States is going to wake some people up again. But I'll tell you what, people have to wake up globally as to what these people are about because it's not about climate and weather. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog. And since I'm the climate and weather watchdog, I should know if it's about climate and weather. Asking you to enjoy the weather, it's the only weather you got. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Germ Warfare is Jeremy Now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So, Max, the, the real war is not between left and right, but between up and down, isn't it? Well, it is. It's between consciousness and, and um, compliance, really. Uh, it's, it's people believing that they need rulers that can dictate what they can and cannot do. And people basing their lives on an economic model. We, we've been um, led into a completely false reality. People don't understand what life is anymore. They don't understand what success is anymore. They think success is measured by the amount of stuff you own and how big your front door is and whether you've got the latest car and the latest iPhone and all this sort of crap. You know, success is to be the best you can be, to, to improve the world by your presence in it, to, to find your path through life, like I said, to become the best that you can be, the best version of yourself. It's kind of like a soul test. That's what all this is about. But we've been led away from all of that sort of stuff. And even now, you know, when they think of, of wars, you know, class wars, religious wars, whether it's people breaking into your house on the street, whether it's, it's wars between countries, you know, they don't see that all of this is contrived. It's all, all contrived to keep you away from that place in your heart where you should be and to, to make you believe that you need someone to protect you. You can't protect yourself. You can't look after yourself. Everyone's competing with you, and blah blah blah. Most people, most most problems that we have, most crimes in our in our nations and um, division and and factions playing off against each other, are all because we live in a in a permanent state of scarcity, which is is completely contrived. Most crimes are, are crimes of, of scarcity, unless they're crimes of passion. You know, someone's jealous of their girlfriend or whatever. This this stuff, of course, happens. 
But um, most of it is, is contrived by this economic system and by this environment that we live in. And when things get difficult, we start looking for to the government, for other people, for handouts and for ways to help us rather than simply helping ourselves and doing you know, being ourselves to the best of our ability. Like I was saying before, you know, that with the farmers' protests and all these sorts of things, if they simply got onto their lives and became the best version of themselves that they could be, then you wouldn't find that you need all this stuff. All these other things would happen. All these incredible moments happen in your life and all these incredible enlightenments happen and all sorts of things happen because you're on your right path. And everything about this system is designed to put us against each other. So we're warring all the time. We're warring with our neighbours because they've got a fruit tree hanging over our fence or whatever. I mean, it's ridiculous. All these petty little things that people think are something to, to focus on to make them feel like they have a little bit more power. I have power over my neighbours. I can stop his apples hanging over my fence, you know. This, this is this is ridiculous, you know, because when you get human beings who are incredibly powerful creatures, we are capable of so much. You get them and you take all that power away from them. You make them ask permission for everything they want to do. You get their consciousness and you shatter it and you squash it and you put it into a little box and you've taken everything from them. Then you start giving people little modicums of control over other people and this this sociopathic psychopathy sort of kicks in, you know, and they, they feel like I'm, I'm, I'm better than you. I can control whether your apples are hanging over my fence or you've got to ask me permission to walk down this aisle or, or get me to sign this form for you or whatever. You give little bits of power to people and it kind of nurtures that little sociopathic spark in people because it's in everybody. Yeah, and again, if you take everything away from someone so that everybody's just there, little drones, then you can pick one person out of the crowd and you give him a little bit more power, then he will use that power and it will eventually corrupt him if he believes in that power, if he stops believing in himself. Like I was saying before, people who you know, real people don't want that power. I would never want to be in a position where I'm in control of someone else's life. But that doesn't mean I'm going to let someone else control my life as well. You know, I'll, I'll stand up to them. I'll ask questions. I'll... I'll push back against it, you know, and, and that's really the way through. I mean, people are trained to, to be disempowered and when they feel disempowered to always ask for someone else to come in and fix it for them. The wall's all messed up. Someone should fix it, but not me. Not me. I'll get Germ to do it. I'll donate to his, his podcast and I'll hold his coat and he'll go save the world. And then when it's all safe, I'll get the newsletter that tells me it's safe to go outside now. That's yeah. the way most people think, you know, it's unfortunate. But what we've got here is a huge opportunity for people to remember who and what they are and realise that we're just dealing with people out here. All these people doing all this stuff, they're just people, just like you. No difference. I mean, there's, there's no reason you have to do what they say. You know, you are as, as, as perfect and as empowered and as important as they are, you know. So that's the situation. Is, but people are scared. They're terrified of their own power. They're terrified of ever actually having to stand in any responsibility for their own lives. It's much easier to blame the government for doing this or blame that shooting or blame the prices of this and the prices of that and blame the corporation and blame Saddam Hussein or whatever, you know. Not me, nothing that I'm doing in my life. I don't need to change anything in my life. I want the world to be free, but I don't want to change anything about my life right now. How does that work, you know? So mm. that's what we've got here, bro. We've got a huge opportunity for, for the human race to wake up to themselves, and a lot of people won't, and they will simply fall into the meat grinder, and that's the way it's going to be, and that there's nothing we can really do about that as much as we love them. There's nothing we can do. All we can do is offer, you know, a, a little bit of advice on how you might uh, step onto your true path and, and live your life a little bit better. But uh, many people won't do it because they're scared to. They're, they're trained to, to live in fear. The whole education system, 
authority, 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 and do what you're told, peer group pressure, the whole thing. You know, it, it's finding a way to rise above that and realize mm. the value of yourself. That's the way through. And to realize that everybody has that equal value. Like I keep saying, in Lakesh, I am another yourself. We are all each other. Once we realize that, we'll change the world in a day. But we, we don't because we, we ask permission all the time and we're too afraid to exercise our power and to, to demonstrate to the people around us that we actually have any value or to treat them as someone who has value you know so it's a it's a freaky situation brother we're in a kind of a time of of soul purification soul harvest where you know a lot of the human race is going to be culled and fall by the wayside they've already had the jab all sorts of things have happened already and there's no real way i don't think to to save this system for us to suddenly turn it into a good system and go back to what we perceive to be normal which wasn't yeah. normal at all but yeah. um yeah and we're in a, we're in a situation thing- now where it's going to split in two though and and that's just the way it's going to be it's going to crash and burn and it's going to be what rises yep. from the ashes and we just have to make sure it's our phoenix and not theirs the thing max is you you were touching on the point how we are pitted against one another and it's so true think of COVID, right i mean neighbors were reporting their own neighbors for walking the dog then the ukraine thing came and suddenly uh it was do you support Putin or not? And you're a bad person. And, and so now you become, you know, anti-Russia or pro-Russia and you're taking sides again. And then the Gaza thing, this is the worst I've ever seen. I've never seen so much vitriol. I've never seen so much hatred and people just, just openly calling for mass slaughter of innocent people. What's mm. going on? People should be opening their eyes and realizing like, what are you saying? What are you doing? You should be siding with innocent people, not, not the state. Well, it's it's people. Uh, they're, they're programmed into into you know all of this sort of stuff. They're they're programmed into into fearing Muslims and thinking that all the Arabs are evil people. Yeah, you know, I, I personally think all religion is demented, and and that's what's caused this whole whole issue is people's uh, religious beliefs. I wish it would just all go away. But um, yeah, it's been incredible what's what's gone on in Gaza. This is the worst genocide we've seen in modern history, and people are shouting it and and cheering it on. It's, uh, it's remarkable. And as I've said, the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. You look what they've done in uh, in Palestine. It's a, it's a system of warehousing and surplusing human beings and just mass slaughter. Look what they've done with the jab through COVID. It's mass slaughter around the world. And it, it, it basically um, pits people off against those who are compliant with government, those who are compliant with the system, and those who are not. And if you're not compliant, well, you deserve to be slaughtered, and it's okay to do that. We'll go in and ethnically cleanse the whole place and say that we're righteous and, and, and noble while we're doing it. That's what's going on in Gaza, and that's what will happen to the rest of the world if we allow this to continue. It's It's been remarkable to see, but it shows just how much hubris they've got. And just how much they're prepared to do and how much they're prepared to take from people who, who don't comply with them, which again puts people in fear. Um, you know, I, I think a big part of it is, is people's fear of death. They think this is this is the be all and end all this life. Uh, there's nothing that comes after you either go to hell or you go to heaven and you only go to heaven if you comply with what the government says and blah, 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 and do the right thing and, and walk between the lines. Um, I think that's that's a big part of it. I have no fear of death. I think that this is simply an exam that we are involved in here and the real event actually comes after. And uh, so, I mean, that's that's why I continue to do what I do, simply because I think it's the right thing to do. Um, if you can never step outside your moral compass, that's how we change the world. I mean, all, how far 
off your moral compass do you have to be to support what's going on in Palestine right now? Even if you're a Jew and you support uh, the Judaic religion and you support the state of Israel, how can you support this ethnic cleansing against children? Thousands and thousands of children being slaughtered every day. It's just uh, it's, it's horrendous. And all of the world is cheering it on. A lot of it isn't, but a lot of the governments of the world are cheering it on. And people are seeing their governments for what they are through this as well. So in many ways, again, it's a time of great opportunity. It's a time for people to see just how corrupt the system is, uh, what it's capable of doing, what, it, what it's prepared to do to you because of what it's prepared to do to them. It doesn't view the people as uh, anything special at all. You're either with the government or you're with the people. And that's the uh, the war they want to have, and it's all about control. And they're showing you what they're capable of. What they're prepared to do in Gaza is what they're prepared to do in your own country. This is an important thing. I mean, you've got to understand politicians around the world are supporting this genocide of Gaza. So what do you think they have in store for you? It's, it's really important for people to look at this sort of stuff and realise that yeah, you know, it only really happens because the order follows doing what the government says, the military guys going out there and just shooting people and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, it's an opportunity for us to wake up for ourselves, brother. And uh, if we don't, then, uh, like I said, the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. But, I mean, Max, you're <coughs> standing in a tunnel and you see uh, you see a light at the end of the tunnel, but is that a, in your view, is that a train coming towards us? Well, in some ways it is, yeah. I mean, like I said, this world's got to crash and burn. There's no way this world is going back to what it was pre-2019. And there's no way you can really fix this system. I don't think so. I mean, the system, it's based on people's compliance. It's based on people's corruption. It's based on people operating outside their moral compass. And if people were to to refuse to abide by any legislation which causes them to step outside their moral compass, well, we would change it. But so many people aren't prepared to do that. The NPCs, the, the players out there just do what they're told. So I guess they're just going to have to uh, go away and die by taking the jab and doing all the stuff they're doing. And then what comes through the other side is going to be uh, what, what is important. Uh, I don't think there's any way to fix this system. So in many ways, I mean, the light coming from the end of the tunnel, it's both. It depends. I think there's a fork in the tunnel. <laughs> it depends on which way you go. You've got lights going from both sides. One is an oncoming train and one is is a bright future. But I think uh, even to head to that bright future, you're going to see a lot of chaos. You're going to see a lot of death, a lot of destruction around you. This system is going to break down. It's going to crash and burn. And it's going to be what comes out the other side. The most important thing you can gather through life at the moment is life skills. Know how to build a shelter, know how to get yourself through, know how to hunt, know how to fish, know how to forage, know how to just walk into the forest with a, with a knife and a piece of string and know that you're going to survive, you know, because that's what we're really coming to. I don't think there's any way that this system can last. I don't think there's any way that it is not going to crash and burn. Uh, they just want it to crash and burn in their own way. They want to do it through war and do it through things that look believable. So it looks like it was just a natural thing. Oh, my God, nothing that we did. It's because Russia attacked Ukraine, because those terrible Palestinians did these terrible things, and it's because this, and it's because that. Nothing that we did. We're just going to have to bring in more stringent control to to guide you and control you so that this never happens again. It's like the UN. You know, they created the UN to prevent all wars. You know, we've had more wars since the creation of the UN than we had in all world's recorded history prior to that point. You know, so it's just looking at it that way, brother. And I think, yeah, the light is, is two things. It, it's a it's a time of great opportunity, but it's also a time of great concern. If you can if you can remove your stake in the outcome of this and realize that, you know, 
we have an opportunity here to create a divine spark of human divinity and awareness that will just navigate its way through and it'll come out the other side. And that's the people that are going to be left. You know, if all the people who've had the jab and comply with all the wars and things, they all, they all die off along the way, then there's just going to be the politicians and there's going to be the awakened people. And I don't think the awakened people are going to really put up with the politicians for very long. So, you know, it's, it's kind of both, brother. I think we're heading for a bit of a golden age, but like all birth, it's a, it's a rocky, painful process. Mm. And it's going to continue to be that way until we come through the other side. What that looks like, I don't know. I mean, I can hope, I can imagine, I can visualise, but I can't guarantee. It's going to depend on, on what the, the massive amounts of human consciousness does and, and whether they get to that point where they're actually prepared to stand in their own power and wake up and say, yes, I have value. And yes, I can see we've been brought to this point. It's been a, it's been a contrived action. And all we have to do is say no, and it will go away. You know, it's, a, it's a great word, and people just don't use it anymore. Time is now running against us, Max. How can I follow your work? We've been through this before. You shouldn't really be following my work. <laughs> um, you should be following yourself. But uh, you can tune in and listen to my opinion uh, any, anywhere you want. You can go to thecrowhouse.com. I'm banned from most places. Like I'm banned from Facebook, banned from YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, SoundCloud. Like I'm banned from, banned from just about everywhere. But if, if you go to thecrowhouse.com, click on the face to enter and you'll see where I am. I have got stuff up there. BitChute and Odyssey mainly, a bit on Rumble. Don't know how long that'll last. But, uh, I mean, we do what we can, and I do what I can to keep getting the word out. But uh, that's where you can go, thecrowhouse.com and uh, BitChute, and uh, just look for The Crow House or Max Egan, I-G-A-N, and uh, you'll find my stuff. I, I managed to still get it out there, even though they don't like it. I still do it. So, yeah. But follow yourself, brother. So, follow yourself. So, so, follow that so, guiding so. light in your heart. You know? <laughs> so, so, so let me repeat what Max said. Don't follow Max. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a social misfit. You don't want to. You don't want to follow me. Follow your own path. You know, follow what's in your heart. You know, maybe I can give you some friendly advice now and then that uh, might improve you, the way of you think about yourself. That's the point to the whole thing. You know, you are powerful. You are incredibly powerful, and everybody out there is incredibly powerful. All of this bad stuff we're facing all came from a, a spark of an idea and a single mind. You can do that. We can all do that. So never ever doubt yourself. Believe in yourself. And if if you didn't if you didn't have a way through this and you couldn't do this, you wouldn't be here for this uh, event. So yeah, believe in yourself, brother. And thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Max Egan, thank you for joining me in the trenches. The pleasure is all mine. And uh, if you want to send me an email, germwarfare at uh, tntradio.live. Uh, um, I I keep saying follow but uh, max has uh, <laughs> indicated that don't follow the crow house <laughs> so but anyway uh i love chatting to you max looking forward to chatting to you again uh it's always a pleasure yeah. as i said and uh thank you to joel and alex for keeping things tidy the last hour um as always uh, without them you wouldn't be hearing and seeing me listen i i can't handle this heat anymore i am sweating i'm losing weight here it's, it's very very hot i'm gonna go i'll catch you tomorrow my name is germ this is uh germ warfare the battle of ideas Bye.